10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Uh, I be the same dude, used to wake up playing GameCube. Whatever game we playing, man, I can't lose. Can't choose what game system they use. Like saying who better, Ken or Ryu. You love BGs, oh yeah, girl, me too. We can watch anime all day and skip school. Young legend, rap taking to a new level. New medals for young kings who don't settle. In the crib with my big bro playing Nintendo. I will never let go, gotta keep it retro. Got every single color joystick for the six bow. I will never let go. Gotta keep it retro Mega Man, Street Fighter, Donkey Kong Yeah, that's all I know I will never let go Gotta keep it retro Keep it retro Keep it retro Never let go Keep it retro I'm the Otaku king of hip-hop Y'all couldn't pull up on me At a pit stop Got the sonic ring Middle of my wristwatch Here, make the ring noise Every time it tick-tock It's young day, not Jenny from the block Gotta tell me when to start I don't know when to stop Pull up to the scene Like my name, Robocop it's a pop, uh, PS1, yeah, bought it for the fun, yeah, six four, yeah, you don't even know, yeah, Game Boy SP on the floor, yeah, room full of anime scrolls, won't mow, yeah, if she not an otaku, we cannot buy, we so retro, we play the Wii outside, I cannot hear ya, that's a far cry, DG anime retro life, in the crib with my big bro playing Nintendo, I will never let go, gotta keep it retro, got every single color joystick for the six bow, I will never let Joystick for the six bow. I will never let go. Gotta keep it retro. Mega Man, Street Fighter, Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's all I know. I will never let go. Gotta keep it retro. Keep it retro. Keep it retro. Never let go. Keep it retro. Uh. Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Earth Mac, the Mad Scientist, and it's your boy Thanos Rick. As always, we are back. What is happening? What is happening? This is the Orange Phoenix Morning Show. Thanos, man, what's going on with you, fam? Nothing much, man. Chilling. Chilling, chilling. Trying to get my mind right. A lot of things going on lately. A lot of big Uh events happening. A lot of big movie premieres happening. TV shows coming out. You know what I'm saying? Premier seasons and final seasons. You know. We'll see, man. 2021 has been interesting. To say the least. You know. True, 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 true. 2021 has indeed been uh, been interesting. Uh, whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, it's been a pretty decent summer when it came down to releases and series releases. And I, I now... Here's a question though. Now, have you seen the Star Wars Visions trailer? I have not. You ne- Oh my god. Okay. All right. All right. All right. The Visions trailer? No, I haven't. Yes. The Visions trailer. So, basically, uh Disney and I think 7 anime studios came up with the concept that's going to be released on September 22nd. Okay. And 
with this, there's going to be several anime versions and separate stories of Star Wars lore. And we're talking Jedi and Sith. And I've seen that trailer, and it is freaking amazing. Amazing. One of the studios is Studio Trigger. Now, uh, Studio Trigger came out with the concept of Kill a Kill. You know, uh, I think Gurren Lagann was Studio Trigger as well. And trust me when I say anytime Studio Trigger has their hand on an anime or they work on an anime, it is completely over the top. But the action is so freaking awesome. And I've seen, I've seen this stuff, man. And it is a great, it, it is, it is something to see. So, I, I, go ahead. No, go, go, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. You good. Put like this. On Orange Phoenix Media, I will post the trailer on Orange Phoenix Media, man, because you have to see it. Y'all have to see it. Um, I posted it in the Geek Corner as well, and uh, some people didn't like the concept of anime joining up with Disney or whatever the case may be. I don't freaking care. It looks badass. Well, why is that? What's the, what's I, the problem? I, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know if they just don't want them to unite or whatever the case may be, but it's just a Star Wars project, man. I, I'm always was like when you combine sci-fi and Star Wars, like the like as epic as Star Wars is, and you know Star Wars is epic as well as I do, and it has several stories. Like we talked about it yesterday. You know, you got Star Wars Rogue Squadron, you know, you got the old republic, you got Vader lore, you know, there's more Sith out there before Vader and and Darth Maul. There's other people out there. There's books, comic books all over the place. So for anime studios to have their hands on this and make it as action-packed as they want it, and they can do things that live-action movies can't, I'm excited about that. Especially the Jedi battles. Especially those. So Visions, these are totally new stories. With yes. new characters and new places, and it's it's it's, it's completely new from what yes. we know thus far. Yes, it it, it is new. Yeah, okay. so all the stories that we have seen, these are never before seen on screen stories. And from what looks of it, it does involve Jedi. It does involve Sith. It may it may involve uh, some smuggler action too. And it's all anime. It's all anime. Okay, well, I mean, oh, e, anime. I mean, e, some people may not nothing against anime, but you know, some people just may not dig the anime element to Star Wars. I mean, I guess some people just rather keep it the way it's been or the way it is, or I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, e, I mean, I mean, e, you you can't turn everything into anime. What, is is Star Wars everything? Really? I, is it is I, it everything? I'm just saying, E, because I've, you know, Star Wars, I've seen, you know, the anime with Marvel. I've seen anime with, you know, a couple other things. And, you know, some people just don't really dig it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I have no problems with it. It's just, right. you, know, you know, I mean, you, you can't make everything into anime because you can. Because some people may not latch on to it as, I mean, some people just aren't in anime, E. That's just the bottom line to it. Not, not well, you know what? Guys. They suck. They suck. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. You know what I'm saying? Like they do. You know? Oh, okay. Okay. 
Star Wars shouldn't have any excuse because how many animated series have we seen? You got Star Wars Rebels. You got Clone Wars. We just had a bad batch. All those are animated. All of those are great. Yeah, but it's not anime. Yeah, I don't understand the hate. Like if it's, it's there's anime and there's and then there's regular animation. There's a difference between the two. I get it. Anime. What better way to showcase what Jedi's can really, really do and Sith what they can really do than put in the anime? Because you know as well as I do, anime is over the top. So, but Jedi and Sith abilities is over the top, and it has to be that way. But we'll see. I hear you, man. I mean, I'm I'm sure it, it won't be terrible. You know, I'm sure it won't be terrible. And again, I have nothing against anime. I love anime. It's just, you know, other people may not. So I mean, we'll 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 see what this leads to. Mm-hmm. We'll see what this leads to. Cause I mean, is it's, it's not the first time, you know, a partnership between an anime animation company and a US based company has formed. It's not the first time. I mean, this has been happening since the 70s, 60s, 70s. So, you know, ain't the first time. But, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see. The jury's still out. I know you'll love it, but we'll see what, what everyone else says. E. That's all. Okay. Okay. When I send you this trailer, you're going to be like, oh, shit. That, that, that's basically what you're going to say. I, I, I know you well enough to say. Once you see this Star Wars Visions trailer, matter of fact, we got Mio's 38. He just walked in. He's seen the trailer for Star Wars Visions. And I'm pretty sure he can type out, you know, his reactions to it. But uh, but as we uh as we talk about that even further, now you have some news in regards to the Eternals. Yeah, man. What you got? What you got? Disney Marvel, they're not sure if they're gonna keep it. Strictly theater release or Disney Plus release or both. They're not sure. I, what I've read, my understanding, they're going to wait and see how Shang-Chi does. So Shang-Chi, as you mentioned yesterday, is going to be strictly theater release. So, you know, Kevin Feige already made a comment saying, hey, we'll see. <laughs> you know, so he, he, he hasn't really, you know, given us a clear direction on where he wants or how he wants to handle the release Disney plus or theater or both. I don't know. And given this whole thing with, you know, the lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't know how, how this is going to shape up me personally. I wouldn't care because I have Disney plus, I don't mind paying, you know, the, the 30 bucks for it, whatever, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. But you know, Shang-Chi, they're, they're already saying this might be the lowest opening box office weekend since Incredible Hulk 2008. And if that's the case, then that's pretty fucking terrible. <laughs> but, I, but I highly doubt Shang-Chi will be as bad as that 08 Incredible Hulk movie. I think Shang-Chi will be a hell of a lot better. But wait, so wait, wait. I now, is this The Hulk or Incredible Hulk? Because Incredible Hulk was actually good. Hulk was horrible. Which one came out in 08? Ah, Jog my memory. Which one was it? Okay, so the the first one was Ang Lee's Hulk. So that one, I gotta, hold on, let me me hit the Googles here. Let me, let me, uh, 
Let me go over here right quick and and check because if he's saying 08 Incredible Hulk, I think it would. Which one was that? The one with with with, with no, Ang- the Hulk came out in 2003. That's Ang Lee's Hulk. So the Incredible Hulk was, yeah, it was 08. It was 08. Was that with Eric Bana, uh, Bana or was that 03? Uh, that was 03. Uh, okay. Edward Norton was 08. Eric, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, got it. Got if it. he's saying that, look, nah, nah, because Incredible Hulk was actually really good. The Hulk, however, was trash, <laughs> you know, just straight up dumpster juice. Like, you know, we saw that trailer where dude transformed and he punched out the freaking house wall, and it's like, oh, shit, that's the Hulk. And then once you watch the movie, you're like, oh, man, this is, yeah. This is nah. This is not it. To be honest, I don't really even remember those movies that well. I'll be honest with you, I don't. <laughs> I, right, I, I and, and, and Mio thirty eight says Shang Chi isn't getting any publicity. I've seen like three commercials for it. I, I've seen commercials for it. Um, Queen just seen the trailer for it yesterday, but she didn't know anything about Shang Chi up until we was talking about it. You know what I'm saying? So when you really think about it. It that that probably is the reason, but that's not the fault of the fans. You know, that's kind of like the fault of the studio. Like you need to be advertising this as much as you can. Like you put it in front of football games, you put it in front of sporting events. People are like, oh snap, I need to go see this. Advertise it like you did Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, didn't they do that already? Didn't they have TV spots for it? I'm, I'm pretty sure they had the, the spots for it. Yeah, I think they they think they have. I think what Mio's saying, he's not seeing it as much as he would have seen, like, uh, you know, Black Widow or any of the other mainstays, and that that means a lot. But a lot of people can rave about it. If it's only theatrical release, this is the first official experiment, and you know, Eternals follow right after that. And I can understand why Kevin Feige is not commenting on whether he's going to re- do a hybrid release or exclusive only or theatrical release only. But well, if I, I was him, well, I, I I think I think the the energy around certain rooms is that look, we're going to wait until Shang Chi drops. We'll see how it does. But I agree with you know because I mean I, I don't have cable. So I really couldn't tell you whether or not it is being marketed and, and advertised. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you because yeah, I neither stream, do I. Because I, I stream everything, so I don't. I don't really know how the marketing is going for Shang Chi. Now, Black Widow. I recall that being everywhere because right. of, you know it's Scarlett Johansson. We all know who she is. Black Widow is a loved character. So it made sense for Disney to promote that movie everywhere, you know, regardless of the outcome, regardless of how it, you know, came out with the lawsuit and all this other, B, you know, this BS. It made right. sense for them to promote that movie to 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 high heaven. We get it, we get it. Shang Chi, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the strategy is. If I'm if I'm Marvel Disney, then I'm promoting it because I put money into this. So of course I want to promote it. You know, and if it's going to be just a theater release, then I want those theater tickets. I want the right. box office numbers. That's what I want. If not, then just release it on Disney Plus as well. Just do that. Yeah, yeah. Just just do that, man. And uh, 
I mean, as far as fan base is concerned, like MCU has a very large fan base. And yes. I mean, even though this whole lawsuit thing with Scarlett Johansson, I don't think it's really hurting the MCU versus Disney. You know, I feel like Disney is catching more of the heat than the MCU. And I think the MCU is still progressing. I mean, and then when you look at Marvel, Marvel's What If. Now, today is the release of the new episode of Marvel's What If. And this is depicting Chabot Bozeman's Star-Lord. Right. Uh, depiction. And I was thinking they was going to wait till the last episode of the season. But I already been getting uh, reports that, you know, this is a tearjerker because this is the very last performance that Chadwick Bozeman will have. This is his final performance, his last hurrah. And yeah. this is going to be very, very interesting because I'm going to watch it tonight and we're going to discuss it tomorrow, you know, for Thursday. And uh, now speaking of fan base now. Those of us. Now, if you want to be a part of the Geek Corner Fan Club, here's your chance. All you have to do is click on my name of the Orange Phoenix name and find Fan Club and click join. Once you join that fan club, you can have your own personalized interests whenever we have live shows, your own personalized emotes, and you have access to things that other listeners don't. Kind of like how Twitch is. You know how like with Twitch, you know, you, you join people and you get subs and you have your own personal emojis or whatever the case may be so this is the same thing so all you have to do is just click on my profile so see fan club join fan club and then from there you can do whatever you want whenever you do the live shows your own personalized emotes your own interests so i know for a fact you know like with b seats if b seats come up in the building i already know he's in the building because they're going to do some type of special entrance for him or Mio 38 or the other of our AV listeners so that is the Orange Phoenix fan club and it's here on Podbean so click on the profile see fan club join fan club and from there you do whatever you want but um as far as Eternals goes I am a little interested in, in Eternals and oh it's, it's, it's gonna be dope it's yeah gonna be dope. I mean it's, it's a new team it's the new it's new actors. It's new everything. It drops November fifth, so everyone mark your calendars. November fifth. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully it won't get pushed back because of COVID or whatever else. But I mean, even even that even that does happen. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. That, that that's that's what you do. Now, uh, again, I am interested in this, and I'm I'm seeing that Marvel is kind of like diving into the more obscure type of characters. Yes. Because Queen told me, like, I never heard of Shang Chi. I'm like, not many people have. Nope. And like, don't. (laughs) 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 Like, this is no shade. I like, well, think about it. Not many people heard about Guardians, but look at what they did with Guardians. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's raving about it. Bro, Guardians Guardians was like the biggest gamble because I even remember, you know, reading the reports like, hey, Marvel, we're not sure how this shit's going to do, but we're going to give it a whirl. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Guardians was like the biggest game, but it paid off. You know, you know, James Gunn, his vision. Because, I mean, e, I've never heard of the Guardians before that movie. I've never heard of them. Likewise. You know? And and I read comics. I love comics. But, I, you know, I don't know every character. Shang-Chi, yeah. I know about Shang-Chi, but I'm not well-versed in Shang-Chi. I'm not. But I know who he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with Iron Fist and Jessica Jones with Netflix had, you know, those shows. I knew who Luke Cage was. But Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, I'm like, yeah, I really, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Daredevil. Of course, we know who Daredevil is, you know. Yeah, of course. But it's, 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 
you know, I I understand how Queen is thinking because, hey, Shang-Chi, hey, I get it. I get it. And you're right, E. You know, Marvel, MCU, they own a lot of characters. A lot. So whatever direction they decide to go. I mean, Moon Knight. How many, how many people know about Moon Knight? Not many. Not many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Miss Marvel. Now, Miss Marvel is a fairly new character. Yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but you know, I don't know, I I don't know much about her her either. E, like I don't know, you know what I'm saying. She Hulk, I know. Um, what's the other one? Uh, what's the other we one? Said Moon Knight, She Hulk, Ironheart. Um, Ironheart. That's, yeah, that's that's fairly new. She's new to me. Um, so you're right. I think MCU they will try to get some lesser known characters out there in the forefront. I mean. That's what they did with Iron Man and Hulk and Thor because these are B-list, C-list, where they were then, you know, mm-hmm. because they didn't own the popular characters. So MCU had no choice, but it paid exactly. off. It paid I off. can guarantee you right now. I, I, I mean, in my bookshelf, I do have at least two Guardians of the Galaxy's uh, graphic novels. This boosts comic book sales. And like, oh, shit, let me go to the comic book store and go check out Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I'm saying? Let, let me go find a graphic novel or something. And then, like, on Sirius XM, there is an old man Star-Lord, yeah, like, I saw that. podcast, like, on Sirius XM. Like, there's a whole story involving Star-Lord and Rocket, like, years past. Not yeah. young Rocket and, and uh, Peter, but old version. You know what I'm saying? And you basically, you know how you used to just, li- like, audio listen to stories and stuff that's basically how it is yeah. but you have voices like danny glover that is in old man star lord on sirius xm so this would not have happened if it wasn't for the success of guardians of the galaxy volume one and two yeah now e i'm not gonna lie to you am i somewhat surprised about the success of guardians and i kind of am because aren't they doing like a a, a groot yeah, they're doing a group uh, little short or something like that on Disney Plus, and they got a Guardians Christmas special. Right. I think at the I, end of the year, and then Volume Three is next year. I think so. Yeah, next year, if I'm not mistaken. So, so I mean, I, mean I, I am surprised on how popular it is. I right. Mean, nothing against the characters, but I didn't think it would be this much popularity with Guardians. I didn't. I think I, it's the soundtrack. I think that, I think part of it is the soundtrack. The other part of it is Groot and the way they marketed it. And then the soundtrack is great. Like, it is freaking oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing but good music on that soundtrack. On both volumes, right? Like, I seen the Guardians vinyl uh, record at Cracker Barrel, and I was tempted to buy it. Tempted. Didn't get it. I'm like, well, how am I going to get this back on the plane? That's one. For, <laughs> that's first thing. But, I mean, I feel like Shang-Chi is going to be I feel like it's going to be as successful as Guardians because so many people have seen it already on the Royal Rye release. I, I think so. Hear me out. Hear me out. I feel like it will be. I feel like it will be mainly because of the people that's already seen it. And these are regular fans that have already seen it and are like raving about it. And it's like, yo, I have nothing bad to say about this movie. This is like probably the best action sequences I've seen in a Marvel movie to date. So I'm like, that's going to say a lot. But I mean, we'll see I mean, if it's overhyped or not. I mean, it, it looked good. It looked good. And I want Shang-Chi to be successful. 
you know, I want all the Marvel properties to be successful, all of them, you know, and again, I want Marvel to keep bringing out these characters that, you know, we don't really know much about because that's that's bringing new light. Because I mean, I mean, since the the 60s, you know, we've seen there are hundreds, thousands of characters that we probably would, would, would never even hear of or see on, on screen. Yeah. You know, so for MCU to do this, I think that's that's really dope. That's really dope. Yeah. You know, Moon Knight's coming. Like, I I, I really want to see Moon Knight. And, you I know, do too. And, again, with the casting. And, you know, as you mentioned already, casting is everything. Casting and a good story. You know, if the character is... If no one gives a fuck about the character, if you have the right story and the right director, you can make that shit pop. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no doubt about it. And, I mean, like you, I am excited about Moon Knight. My only concern is how dark are they willing to go? Because I have read a Moon Knight comic or two. Does it and matter? It is gritty. Does it matter? It, it kind of does because that that's kind of like the ambiance behind Moon Knight. You know what I'm saying? It is violent. You know what I'm saying? It is he fights hand to hand and he's kind of like Marvel's answer to Batman basically. That's basically what he is. And I honestly he suffered from multiple personalities. That, that's another thing. So, I mean, obviously, they're going to dive into that realm. But they, they just have to be careful on how they're going to do it. I'm pretty sure Disney will be comfortable with it, you know, well, or careful with it. Well, how violent do you want it to be? Like, how violent, like, Daredevil violent? Yes, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Well, you know, I mean, Marvel, Daredevil was violent, Marvel. but I, I, I really doubt that it should have been like a TVMA type thing. I think it really was an F-bomb, the F-bomb or two that was dropped. To give it to TVMA, but I mean, it wasn't over the top violent. Daredevil well, wasn't. Not well, to me. Well, not like Punisher violent. Punisher no. was very violent. Yeah, <laughs> very. But that's but that's you know that's Punisher. Punisher comes with the violence. We we yes. get we understand that Daredevil. Yeah. Daredevil for what it from what we've seen thus far on screen, either TV or big screen. E. It, it was pretty violent. Yeah. But you know Netflix is not Disney, uh, Disney Plus. So you know you That's may true. not you 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 may not see the blood and all the whatever like you would in the Netflix. But I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll still be action packed, violent. People gonna be getting hurt. Blase, blase, Make blase. it sound violent. How about that? Yeah, you know I mean, the crunches, the bone crunches, the, the you know the the arm snaps. You know, it's just make it sound you, you know cringy. You'll probably still get that. But I mean, all I'm saying is, look, you know, I'm excited about, you know, Eternals. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be dope. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether it's Disney Plus or in the theater. I really don't care. I really yeah, don't. Yeah. Because, you know, November by itself is going to be packed. It's a packed month. We got Eternals. We got Ghostbusters. We got James Bond. It's a whole it's a whole lot of stuff coming out in November. Yes, no doubt about it. You know. And also, in other news here, we got... Uh... Fast and Furious 10. Now, according to Screen Rant, the film will be the first in a two-part finale to the franchise's central story. Hold on, which e, hold on, will... hold on, hold on, hold on. He says thank you for the love in his Twitch, in the Twitch last night. I don't know if you saw this. Hey, listen. Listen, you guys need to go check out Alter BCs. Now, if you are a fan of Apex Legends, you need to go check him out, man. I um actually rated his stream last night. Um, I did stream... Uh, last night at 7 p.m. Eastern time, and I played uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary. I played the first three Street Fighters. I played Street Fighter 1, 
Bro, you wouldn't believe this, but I got a perfect off of Sagat. Really? A perfect. Yeah. Two, two dragon punches. In Ended it with two dragon punches. Now, anybody that anybody knows. Now, the first Street Fighter came out in 1987. Yes. I think August yes. 1987. So, obviously, I was born in 85. There was no way, shape, or form that I was going to be playing Street Fighter 1. And honestly, that game was designed to take your quarters. Take your quarters. And Mio Story is a perfect on Sagat. Houseway. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I did two consecutive dragon punches. That's how I ended it. I ended the fight with the dragon punch. E, how perfect can you get? E, I'm I'm with Mills on this one. I don't know how to I don't know how the hell you did that. <laughs> I did that. I did that. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, this wasn't the first try against Sagat. There's more like maybe the fourth, fifth, or whatever the case may be, because I got stuck on a couple of characters. I got stuck on Birdie for a period, beat Birdie. I got stuck on Lee for a period, and then beat Lee. Then when I fought, and then I, I went through Gen, I went through Adon, and then I fought Sagat, and Sagat was being cheap as, as cheap as always. Because out of all the Street Fighter games, excuse me, out of all the Street Fighter games, Street Fighter 1 is the hardest one because it's so freaking cheap. Yeah. They just... This was back when Capcom was just concerned with arcade, you know, arcade cabinets, right? So they, they wasn't worried about frame rates. This was the 80s. They weren't worried about any of that extra stuff. The, the opponents are, are faster than you. You can't match their speed. And it's harder to shoot a fireball or a dragon punch or a hurricane kit off. It's hard to do that. But if you hit those special moves, it takes a significant amount of damage. You you guys have to watch the stream last night. Twitch.tv forward slash Orange Phoenix TV. Feel free to give us a follow, man. I got a perfect off of Sagat. I ended it with a dragon punch. With a dragon punch. How poetic can you get? And then from there, uh, we went from Street Fighter 1 to the original Street Fighter 2. Yes. And um, beat that. And then we went from Street Fighter 2 to Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. And there is a significant difference between Sagat of Street Fighter 2 and the Sagat of Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. The play style is a little bit different. Oh, yes. And I'll talk about that on the Twitch stream last night. Um, so tomorrow, I will be playing the next three Street Fighter games. That's like Street Fighter Turbo, um, Super Street Fighter, and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Those are the next three uh, Street Fighters I will be playing. But, but after my stream, I actually rated uh, B-Seat stream. Uh, with my viewers, and then we end up watching uh, Apex Legends. Um, actually gifted a sub to someone as well, man. So he's doing good things in Apex Legends, and y'all might want to check check it out. Hey, peace, peace and love to B Seats, man. You no know, doubt. Appreciate you fucking with us. So, hey, man, listen, B Seats, man, is is one of our most loyal listeners and supporters, especially in the Geek Corner and in um. And on the show, and on the show, and he's freaking hilarious, freaking, he's freaking hilarious. That's true. BC's be saying some shit, man. I'm like BC's, what the fuck? Kermit, <laughs> Kermit, <laughs> Kermit seats. Listen, his stream last night, he had on a Kermit the Frog outfit. He was Kermit the Frog, so Kermit seats, man. That's his new name. Beautiful, Kermit seats. So it, it was a great stream, man. It was a great stream. It was a great night last night. And, and bro, now check it out. Now, Thanos Rick, for the listeners out there, um, I had a good friend of mine. Um, his name is Alex. 
you know, shout out to Alex, man, because he's been asking me for the past month or so to play Call of Duty Zombies, like, with him. I haven't had a chance to play with him last night. We're going to play probably tonight sometime. I played Black Ops Zombies for the first time, the new one, last night. What'd you think? I was thoroughly impressed. Okay. It was impressive. It is freaking awesome. Yes, it is, BC. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Man, this thing is awesome. Like, you in 1983 Berlin or something like that. There's different modes. You play with random. You play with people. So you're not just by yourself. You know, even if you don't have the friends play with, you can play with randoms. And you can do a round of 20 or you can do like an infinite amount. And it's great. It is really, really well thought out. Zombies will probably take a lot of my attention. I'm going to just be honest. And I may have to be careful with it. Because there's other things I have to do. <laughs> there's other things I have to do, you know, adult wise. You know, hate being a grown up sometimes, man. It's trash, but it's whatever. It, it's whatever. But anyway, Call of Duty Zombies. Got to go play it. I never thought you were a zombie guy. I'm always a zombie guy. I'm always down for killing zombies. Always down for. It. I have Zombie Army Four, Dead Army. Um. Is it Zombie Army 4? I always I always freak up that name. Dead War. I'm sorry. Yeah. Zombie Army 4 Dead War. That I do have that where you are like in the 40s, like World War II era, and you're killing all the zombies with that. Me and Top Gun. Top Gun. We actually play that game together. We haven't played that in a while, but I'm always down for killing zombies, man. Not like a little zombie killing to get your day started. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So, um, but yeah, Fast 10, right? So, uh, the following series, Fast and Furious 11, that will follow 10. The Blockbuster Action Series is first kicked off in 2001 with the premiere of The Fast and the Furious, starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, and the late Paul Walker. Now, starting as a one off, a gritty action film that sees a LAPD cop go undercover among a crew of streetcar racers. The Fast and Furious franchise has since grown into a major spectacle built on incredibly high-budget action sequences, insane stunts, and international heists. Now, the latest installment, F9, even saw cars thrown into space in what proved to be one of the franchise's most unrealistic and fan-loved moments over the series. The film's star-studded cast have included Diesel, Rodriguez, and Walker, with other major roles played by Dwayne Johnson, Charlize Theron, uh, Soon Kang, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, Helen Mirren, Gal Gadot. Now, after more than 20 years, however, the original Fast and Furious saga will come to an end. The two final films are set to be directed by Justin Lin, and who has served as director on several other Fast projects. Earlier this year, it was revealed that Lin would be shooting the two parts back to back to shorten the waiting period between their releases. Now, uh, it's saying April 2023 is the release date of Fast and Furious 10. Why the piss we gotta wait a whole entire 2022? And you gotta wait till April 2023? Uh, you still have to film it, E. <laughs> man. <laughs> you just gotta film it, man. Okay, here's un- here's unrealistic. Man. Listen, you got pre you got pre production, principal photography, post production. You know you got to get the you know it's, it's it's a lot. You you know this man. You know this. You know this. <sighs> okay, you know what? Here's unrealistic me talking. Fast and Furious Nine was supposed to be released last year, 
COVID hit, they want to make their money. I understand that. But you know, slowly but surely, people started filming again. This is your golden opportunity to, fad, to, to film Fast 10. You could have just released this in April 2022. We didn't want to wait like an extra year and some change. We want this series to end. It's been over 20 years. Now, here's the fine print in this. This says the conclusion of the central story. That's the fine print. That means they're going to be more Fast and Furious movies, i.e. spinoffs. Hobbs and Shaw. There's that. Because there was a little cliffhanger in that. So, uh, yeah. A part of me just just, just wanted to end. That, that just... Like I said, and I know people haven't really... I know people don't really understand the appeal of Fast and Furious, and I get it. You know, I've heard the... Well, you know, racing hasn't really been a part of the main thing since, you know, Tokyo Drift. Hey, I get it. I get it. You know, I don't know what you guys are expecting. I don't know what you guys want. But for me, and I can only speak for myself, I've been entertained by all of these movies. <laughs> Regardless of how crazy it is, how unrealistic, I get it. It's all crazy. It's all nuts. N- none of it can happen in real life. But that's not the point. <laughs> that was never the point of the movie. <laughs> you know, it, it, Fast and Furious, it is what it is. It's not an Oscar movie. It ain't trying to win no awards. It's just pure, entertaining, ridiculous nonsense with cars and guns and explosions and money and funny characters that we've grown to love over the years. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Ah, yeah. Rest in peace, Paul Walker, man. People people really just got to look. Hey, I hear what you're saying. I get it, but take it for what it is. I think they're entertaining movies. Love them or hate them. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I'm looking forward to Fast 10 and 11. Uh huh. Hobbs and Shaw was dope. I don't know. I mean, like you said, E, the ending of the central story. Okay, I get it. I don't know where it goes from here. Do you continue with The Rock? Did you, did you continue with Idris Alba or, you know, whomever? Like, how, how do you grow it from here? Because the movie, the movie still make millions at the box office. Yeah, so like, yeah no doubt about it. Why would you, why would you want to, quit now you know what i'm saying like you know and you know i was talking to our mutual friend e you know she loves harry potter uh-huh matter of fact we had gotten to an argument about it well not really an argument but you know it was a little while ago and i was like look why would you know, and what's her face the the creator of harry potter uh jk rowling is that her name uh-huh yeah you know granted she went to you know she went to some some controversy whatever she has said some things but I was I was telling, you know, our mutual friend, hey, why would she want to stop making Harry Potter movies? It makes no sense. This <laughs> it does it. This is a breadwinner. You you built this big gigantic world full of wizards and you know you, you can tell a billion stories from this franchise. Yeah. Why would you want to stop it here? You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel about Fast and Furious. Why stop it? The movies are still making a billion or whatever at the box office. Why True. Stop? Yeah. It, it, why stop it? Why stop it? Because it's only a small group of people like, man, I understand how they're making so many movies. It's freaking ridiculous. Yes, it is utterly ridiculous. Ridiculous to the fact that they're making tons of freaking money. We know for a fact they do impossible stunts. We know you can't do this in real life. That's movies. That's what we do. Okay. 
Prime example. We love 80s action films. They never run out of freaking bullets. Never. Hey. Never run out of bullets. They hey. blow stuff up. And, you know, that's what 80s action movies were. They were impossible. But the fact it was over the top and it was action packed, you had Stallone and Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger at the helm of action, and Wesley Snipes, you know, at the helm of action movies. <laughs> Whatever. We want to see shit blow up. Don't even matter. Don't care. Same thing with Fast and the Furious. Same way. We like ridiculous stunts. Yes, there's racing involved. Yes, some racing kind of went off. The, they had they did international heist. But honestly, the whole premise of the first Fast and Furious movie was the heist. Yeah. So it's like, they didn't really deviate from the story. They didn't really deviate from the premise. I mean, listen, the, the franchise is not going to pretend to be something it ain't. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna yeah. give you what you want because that's what people like. We we like the crazy shit. That's what we like. Yeah. So I don't I don't give understand I don't understand the Fast and Furious hate. I really don't. But you know everyone has their preference. You know I'm gonna watch both. You know is hey since since uh, 01. You know what I'm saying we've seen these characters and it's like wow you know we've grown up with the characters. So yeah. it's sad to see them go. But you know. Again, this is still a big franchise. It's big. no doubt. And Mill so, Thirty Eight says, "Hell, they can make prequels and sequels to Harry Potter." Indeed. Bro, and BC says, you "Americans can make so much shit, with- bro." E, I can think of fifteen good stories right now, off the top of my head, with Harry Potter. Seriously, I can fifteen, at least fifteen. There yeah. is so much. There is so much money. Like they, they, they there's a, a a real life Quidditch game sport that people do in real life. Wow, I didn't even know that. Facts. People actually play uh, Quidditch in real life. Facts. I didn't even know that, man. That, that's crazy. That, I, I, I didn't know that. Now, I don't know if it still happens, but I, I remember seeing like people were actually doing this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, why would you, why would you, you know, I mean, movies, you can do, you know, TV, you can do whatever, streaming. Like, if I'm Warner Brothers, why wouldn't I want to capitalize on this? The world is too big. Yeah, I could think and, of yeah. stories right now. Fifteen, at least fifteen, right now, guaranteed money makers. That uh, look, Lord of the Rings. Like, you know how many stories expanded from Lord of the Rings? Bro, same thing. That's why Amazon. That's why Amazon. They have their um 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 Lord of the Rings TV show thing they're doing right now on Amazon. So I'm not really sure when it's coming out, but I know I think they're done filming. I think. Or yeah. Or something like that. Something like that. But, you know, was that BC? USC has a Quidditch. Yes, BC. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, it's so much shit you can do. Fast and Furious ain't no different. It's, it's too much. It's, I mean, imagine the MCU saying, you know what? No more movies. Imagine that shit. <laughs> <laughs> there will be riots in the streets. <laughs> like, like, what? What you mean? We reduced to DCEU shit. Now things getting slightly better. No, no shade. But like, this is what we reduced to. Nah, there will be riots in the streets. Riots or no more Star Wars shit. There will be riots. What else are we gonna watch? You can't end Star Wars, bro. Same thing. You can't because the world is too freaking big. Uh, it's too many stories too out there. It's too big. It's too big. It's too many stories out there. I Way mean, too many. Nah, Fast and Furious is fine. They'll they'll figure it out unless they just want to end it. Okay, fine. But 
you know, it's still making money at the box office. So people still love it. So, hey, I'm looking forward to 10, 11, and then we'll see from there. We'll see, man. Right, right. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. And then, now, speaking of ending, uh, now, X-Men showrunner Jonathan Hickman is departing the fan-favorite franchise after Inferno, though this doesn't mark the end of his tenure at Marvel. Now, those of us that know Jonathan Hickman, Jonathan Hickman is the person behind the revitalization of the x-men comic book now uh with x-men living on their own island called krakoa um they were basically away from humans everybody was living in unity hell apocalypse was living there amongst other mutants along with mr sinister and magneto and professor x and everything else people was living in harmony mutants was living in harmony they even have their own set form of government there was a scene in the comic book where uh magnus Xavier and Apocalypse in a suit got off a plane to go see Congress or something like that to discuss to discuss matters. You know what I'm saying? Like this particular storyline with Jonathan Hitman and the X-Men was unprecedented. Like this really brought back the the lore of X-Men and he's taking time off. So prolific writer Jonathan Hitman is stepping away from Marvel's X-Men line after the conclusion of the upcoming Inferno event. While Inferno marks the end of Hickman's time as showrunner of the X-Men franchise, this is not the end of his time at Marvel. Now, according to Entertainment Weekly, Hickman is already working on his next big Marvel thing, which should make his debut sometime next year, along with the weekly X-Men series. Now, uh, old plans have changed entirely, Hickman said regarding his initial X-Men plans. When I pitched the X-Men story I wanted to do, I pitched a very big, very broad three-act, three-event narrative, the first of which was House of X. Now, House of X was the start of it, and while this is loosely worked as a three-year plan, I told Marvel up front that I honestly had no idea how long the first part would last because there were a lot of interesting ideas that I had, to quote him, had seeded that other creators would want to play with. And so we left this rather open-ended. I was also pretty clear with all the writers that came into the office that the what the initial three-act plan was, so no one would be surprised when it was time for the line to pivot. So he also added, um, however, I also knew that I was cooking with dynamite and it was very possible that I would have written in House of X. And the ideas contained within was not actually the first act of the three-act story, but something that resonated more deeply and worked more like giant-sized X-Men, where it would represent a paradigm shift in the entire X-Men line for a prolonged period of time. So during the pandemic, when the time came for me to start pointing things towards writing the second act event, I asked everyone if they were ready for me to do that. And to a man, everyone wanted to say, wanted to stay in the first act. It was really interesting because I appreciated the House of X resonated with them to the extent that they didn't want it to end. So that's Jonathan Hitman. So he's taking some time off and he's maybe approaching other projects, you know, in Marvel. Maybe, maybe some other stuff that's kind of like fell by the wayside as far as comic book lore. So he's moving on to a, another Marvel project. I'm not sure he is, but I know after Eferno is over, then he's stepping down. So he may be going to other Marvel projects. Some, you know, I mean, you know what? It would be dope 
if he actually worked on Silver Surfer, because Silver Surfer been in obscurity for forever and a day, maybe he can make it interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, maybe he can work on well, you know, Fantastic Four is out, obviously. You know, he can work on some other projects. I mean, X Men, he literally brought that up to the forefront. So it may, I can't think of anything else he can work on because he done some very good work on X Men, and it's a lot. And the artwork is phenomenal. I love the artwork on this, and I do have House of X and Powers of X, by the way. Interesting. I wonder what he's gonna do. I, I don't know, man. That that's interesting because it's alarming to people because I'm like, man, whoa, why are you leaving? Because you bring in so much yeah. prestige to X Men. I mean, he, he maybe wants to do something new. I mean, he maybe he wants a, a new challenge. Could be. It, it could be a possibility. That's what they say. I want a new challenge in life. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it's just, you know, as long as Marvel keeps them, you know, as long as they keep them around to do something, then, you know, it's not a complete loss. So, I mean, nah. maybe, maybe he maybe he can add to the MCU. I mean, he's creative. He has ideas. You know, maybe True. maybe he can help with the intro with X-Men into the MCU. That's what that's what I would do. If, if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm like, okay, look, we're going to remove you from here but i'm gonna need you with this x-men intro to the mcu i mean that would be dope that would be dope to see uh now you talk about x-men intros right the best the best x-men intro to me is not the 90s american um intro for x-men animated series it is the anime intro that that one is the best. Like I don't know, you've seen the anime intro, I've seen but that it. shit is lit I've seen and it. it's freaking lit. I mean, but I've seen it. Here's but... the thing: it, it's a little false advertisement because you see Cable in it a lot in that intro, and Cable only made an appearance in X Men animated series maybe a couple times, a handful of times. He's not like a mainstay, but I mean, obviously, it's iconic. With the American version. It is iconic because of when you hear it, you know it's about to be some fun shit about to happen. Like, you know you in for a treat. You know what I'm saying? But I saw that anime. I'm an anime head, right? So I've seen that, right? And it's the animation is fluid. And again, that is misleading because when you look at the actual show, it's not, it don't have that, <laughs> it don't have that animation. Like YouTube it. Like if you YouTube it, uh, I saw it on I've someone's Twitch stream because I've they played it. uh yeah X Men Mutant, Apoc- Mutant mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Um, shout out to Ellie. Um, she did like the the X Men intro before she actually played the game. She was hoping that she won't get like tagged, you know, I think like DMC or whatever the case may be. I don't think she did. I don't think anybody like paid attention to it, but it's whatever. Um. So now BCs, here's an interesting information about X-Men. Because I, you know, we personally know uh the showrunners for X-Men animated series is Eric and Julia Lewall. So initially, if you really pay attention to the first season, uh that was supposed to be it. That was supposed to be it. But um they were asked to come back. They actually met Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, when they was writing the stories. That's how Eric and Julia met each other, actually, and that's how they end up married. But um, honestly, then with the four part series with Apocalypse Beyond Good and Evil, you remember that that storyline where Apocalypse taking all the sidekicks? Yeah. Uh. What did that yeah, in, uh, the end of season four, that was like a four part series. Like he kidnapped Gene, he kidnapped uh, the C- the Shi'ar sidekick. He was doing something with them. Okay. Um, Bishop was there. He was like on the timeline or some some jazz like that. So the thing was, uh, that was supposed to be the end too. What's supposed to happen was some key members of X Men was supposed to leave. And Bishop, Shard, uh, Archangel, I think Psylocke was supposed to join the X-Men to replace them. And that was supposed to be the end of X-Men officially. But then they got a phone call again saying, hey, can you give us one more season? (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Look, I got to have Eric and Julia back on the show again. Like as guests, so they can actually explain it, man. And I'm a I'm gonna contact them today and see when they're available to talk about X Men the animated series, um, in its full splendor. Because Julia's favorite X Men is Beast, and like one of her favorite storylines to write about was the story about Beast. You remember when Beast went to go see the nurse? Like he knew the nurse personally. Um, yeah, yeah, second I do. Season, I do. Yeah, I do yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was her. That was like her favorite like story. And yeah, yeah, give us one more season. So as you know, the last half of the fifth season, you know, the animation kind of waned a little bit. Yeah. And it was, um, it was then it had right. <laughs> then it had something called graduation. Yeah. And with graduation, that you know, Professor X left. Yeah. And Magneto took over. He ended up being like the new leader of in a way, they kind of alluded to the fact that he's a new leader of the X-Men because in the comics, he was a leader of the X-Men at some point. Right, right. So um, I have to put Eric and Julio back on the show, man, the live man. And trust me, I will advertise that, have them on the show for the third time. And uh, they can explain a whole lot more. You can ask them all kinds of questions, you know, call in or whatever the case may be. But I will give them a call today. So the other last bit of news here, I won't really say news, but it, it was more like suggestions. Actually, we have one more after, after yours, E. Oh, really? What you got? What you got? So, a Green Lantern is now officially introduced in the Arrowverse. Is for Star Girl, right? Yes. Hmm. The daughter of Alan Scott, the original Golden Age Green Lantern, his daughter. Yes. Has been introduced. Jenny, aka Jade, is now officially a, a Green Lantern on the TV screen. Holy shit, boss! Are you serious right now? Season two, which I believe just premiered recently, I think the first or second episode. She, uh, we now have a, a Green Lantern. Ah, uh, okay. Have you seen the first season of Star Girl? I, I started it, but I stopped for a period. Me too. Me too. I might have seen the first two episodes. I mean, it's it's on it's on HBO Max. I'll probably check it out today. Um, okay. But I I have seen it. But yeah, we we now have a, we now have a Green Lantern on screen. Have a Green Lantern on screen, and it's on Star Girl. I might have to go ahead and check it out. I have to check. I have to catch up on Bad Batch, Star Wars Bad Batch, the 
uh, first season because I kind of binged it. And I was at a stopping point where I was waiting on more episodes. And now it's something that I just want to binge and not wait for the next episode because it's so good. Bad Batch is good. Yeah. Stargirl is something I have to revisit. And I will revisit that and and go from there from that standpoint. But Green Lantern. So we have a female Green Lantern, basically. It's, it's Alan Scott's daughter. Wow. Jenny, Jenny or Jennifer, wow. a.k.a. Jade. And of course, for what I'm reading, her brother... Todd, who is, I guess, well, you know, well, uh, he is the son of Alan Scott. He is yeah. Obsidian in the comics. So oh. we may have an intro with Obsidian on Stargirl coming soon. FYI. Holy shit. Okay. All right. All right. Now, granted, new- now, granted Arrowverse, th- th- this takes place in Earth 2. So it's not the same Earth as Supergirl or Flash or, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, this is a different. Or, 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 Black, or, or Black Lightning is still separate earths which i still fucking hate but hey whatever <laughs> whatever infinite you know earths man <laughs> infinite earths you know I, this this is I nothing new i really hate that e they should just combine it to one earth i think it's silly but whatever whatever but um yeah earth two it, it's no different than the multiverse <sighs> you know that I, I just fucking hate all that shit. Multiverse. <laughs> Earth. I hate it. I just I, <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs> I can't stand it. Earth two, Earth three, Earth seven. It's like, come on, fam. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Superman's dead. No, 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 no. That's not that's not our Superman. That is Earth ten Superman. <laughs> <laughs> fucking whack. Put them on the same earth. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hilarious. No, yeah, because, because you 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 really miss out on telling good stories with now I'm not saying put them all together all the yeah. time, every episode, but you miss out on telling good stories where people can cameo and do all kind of stuff. You know, it's like, you know, that's why I'm worried about the X-Men intro in the MCU. Because I hope that they don't do a multiverse with the X-Men in the MCU. I would I would really hate that. Well, I, I mean, it's yeah, there's no other way to introduce them, honestly. Because wait, 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 wait. Ashley, no, no, no. It has something to do with the multiverse. Still yet, no, no. Think about it. There's no way else to introduce them. How can you explain the crisis in New York and the X Men didn't even show fucking show up? I don't know. Hey, that, that, you know what I'm I saying? Figure it out. You Figure can't. Out, you Kevin can't. Feige. He was in the heart <laughs> of New York. Where's the X Men? The heart of New York. Figure it out. With, Figure it out. Fantastic Four. Along with it, the Avengers, along figure, with Spider-Man, X-Men is all they are all there. Figure it out, Kevin Feige. We pay you millions. Figure it out. Well, Westchester. <laughs> I, I mean, you could say X-Men is in Westchester or whatever the case would be. You can explain that. You can explain that. But I mean, you're gonna when Doctor Strange fin- fixed the um the multiverse, because he will fix it. Um, then at that point. You're gonna have the X Men. I mean, or you can say the Eternals are like the original. Well, they are the OGs. You know, for mutants, you can say that. You know what I'm saying? So <sighs> it can, you can go many ways in introducing the X Men, but you know full well they're going to introduce the X Men. They're gonna they're going to listen, and it's going to involve the multiverse. Listen, E, I'm I'm not gonna doubt Marvel. I did that once or twice. I failed. I won't do it uh-huh. again. But, you know, I really want them to, to make this make sense. Okay. You know, plus, you have Blade coming, you know, vampires. 
how are you going to explain that shit? You know what I'm saying? I, well, I mean, vampires I, is already in the MCU, according to Korg. He said in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and then what's his face said it again in, in, in Loki. You know, he, yeah, he so they're already out there. Yeah. But is it the same timeline? Or the same? Uh, is, is it the same? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. You know, so Fantastic Four, it would have been dope to see Reed Richards and Tony Stark in a room together building some shit. But Iron Man's dead. So who do you have? You get Rhodey, Ironheart. Are they going to take? I mean, you know, are they going to use the multiverse angle to bring in a new Tony Stark? Hmm. That's nah. something. Nah. I mean, that's it, something too. I mean, they they could they can do that. They can really do that. If some if somehow somewhere down the line the multiverse is going to come back together again to make one, you bring in X Men, you bring in whatever. You know, are we going to see a new Tony? Well, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, man. I mean, you know, only time will tell. Only time will tell, man. But I, I will say, I mean, the Fantastic Four, I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, I mean, with Blade, I know they mentioned vampires twice, and I know they've been dropping the little Easter eggs out there. And for people like ourselves to actually pick up on that, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 Blade's taking care of those. And you get to see that in full splendor. So hopefully we'll catch, you know, what we catch. But check it. So this this is not really an announcement versus this is uh, more or less a suggestion. So for over 30 years, the Final Fantasy series has had the entries as diverse and unique as its characters. So for the newcomers to Final Fantasy, which Final Fantasy game should newcomers start with? Now, now to answer for which Final Fantasy game to play first really boils down to finding a single entry that best represents the series as a whole. Because of this, MMOs like Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XIV may not be ideal choices since both differ quite a bit from the other mainline games. Now, this same argument can be applied to the numerous spin-offs and sequels like Final Fantasy X2, Final Fantasy XIII 2, and Lightning Returns Final Fantasy XIII. For a first entry, one of the more traditional mainline titles is perhaps best. This can also apply to several of the earlier mainline entries though, which set the foundation for Final Fantasy games, but aren't necessarily representative of the entire franchise. Newcomers may also find the earlier games a bit challenging, perhaps too archaic and grindy for those interested though. The first few Final Fantasy games are readily available on mobile and PC, and Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters are releasing for the first six mainline titles. The first three are available now. Now, offering even more opportunities for beginners to try them out. Now, now to ever to go to what Final Fantasy game to play first. Due to the accessibility and quality of, of life improvements, and many of the more recent Final Fantasy games can make a good games to start with, even if they don't really represent the franchise earlier years. However, Final Fantasy IX arguably makes the best game to start with simply because of its best depiction of the series as a whole the ATB gauge an iconic mechanic in entries from 90s is present 
and popular FF creatures like Chocobos and Moogles are prominently featured and the game has older FF tropes like crystals, elemental shrines, and it has plenty of callbacks to past titles. Nearly everything in Trino's auction house is a reference to older Final Fantasy items and characters. However, this is wonderfully blended with newer sci-fi and steampunk aesthetics, steampunk aesthetics that have defined the series over the last 20 plus years. Now, this is the real reason Final Fantasy IX can make a better first entry for anyone looking to get into the series. It has many of the components found in the older games, but it also has plenty of modern Final Fantasy features as well. In many ways, it's the greatest hits comp compilation of everything that came before it while laying the groundwork for the games that follow. I agree with that. You know, Final Fantasy IX... It's not saying Final Fantasy IX is the best, but it's it's asking, it's telling you. Well, that's my well, what that, to start that, with. But well, that right there is my issue, E. That that what you just said is my issue. It's not the best. People still hold seven as the best. No, ah, people hold six as the best. I haven't heard six. I've heard seven. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so the, the great Final Fantasy debate, right? Okay, so Final Fantasy seven was a lot of people introduction into final fantasy yes but people fail to realize final fantasy 7 when it came out was incomplete it was supposed to be four this long and it was supposed to finish yes the way final fantasy 7 ended ended with a huge cliffhanger which spawned advent children the movie which takes place after those events so you can't it's the first to introduce cgi and the first to introduce the 3d models and for that reason, and the story too, the story is deep and I get it, I get it. But it was the first to actually introduce like that whole, the, the whole futuristic thing and all that other stuff. But in my experience of playing other Final Fantasy games, because Final Fantasy VII was my introduction, I played eight soon after. And for some reason I skipped nine and I did myself a disservice doing that because I was so used to the futuristic shit that I didn't want to go back to the medieval stuff. But the whole core of Final Fantasy is nine. It encompasses all those things. No, but I'm six. I'm, I'm six with you. Is e, the best. E, 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 I'm, Mainly, with, e, yeah. I'm with you. I'm just saying, how can you tell people to play nine first when we've been told because, forever that seven and or six is the best one to play? Like, I, I, I can be mad at nine. Because nine is part of those top three. It will ever, it will forever be part of the top three. If you look on top Final Fantasy games, nine is in that top three. Right. So you're not doing a disservice technically because well, just like what the article said, like it takes the old school way of Final Fantasy games, like the medieval lore, um, and it's not grindy. You don't have to grind. You got an immersive story and it got steampunk aesthetics with keeping the same uh, mindset of old school RPG play. So it encompasses everything Final Fantasy has. Final Fantasy VII only focuses on one side of it, and that's the futuristic side. Final Fantasy VIII, a step down from seven, still the same premise. Final Fantasy VI is that perfect mix. And, and honestly, not only people hail it as, most people hail it as the best Final Fantasy game, most people hail it as the best, one of the best games, period. 
of all time. Because if you really look at the top RPGs, one of the two are mainly at the at number one spot. Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI. Never seven. Because six actually is complete. And six like cranked out every bit of power Super Nintendo had in its system to have that game be played. And then you had, I think, had 15 playable characters. All of them have their own stories. All of them got their own play style. None of them really play the same. Everyone got their own techniques or whatever the case may be. And you got a character that is optional depending on how you play the game. And the bad guy won in the middle of the freaking game, which never happens. Never happens. Final Fantasy VII, pretty straightforward. Ares get killed. You go after Sephiroth. You beat One-Winged Angel. You kind of allude to the fact that Ares is alive. Then you play Final Fantasy VII Remake. Not shortchanging Final Fantasy VII because the remake is awesome. And I like where the story is going. I, I love it. But when you when it comes to 9, um, I, I'm, to be honest with you, Thanos Rick, um, just up until recently, I picked up Final Fantasy IX, and I instantly fell in love with it. And I was like, "What was I doing these past few, not these past years? Why did I do myself a disservice not playing this game?" And it's that good. It's really, really good. Did you get the handheld game though? The one that have all the uh, the PlayStation games, Dreamcast, excuse not me, N sixty four. Not, not yet, not yet, not yet. Hmm. What are you waiting on, man? Hey, man. Hey, hey, come on now. What What are you waiting on? Hey, listen, all I'm saying is this. You know, I played, matter of fact, I have Final Fantasy VII. I never have Final Fantasy VI. Matter of fact, I never played Final Fantasy VI. Never. Uh-huh. Mm. I had seven. Mm. I loved eight. I don't know why, but I love Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. Like you, I skipped nine. Final Fantasy X drops. I love Final Fantasy X. I thought that was a dope game. Yeah, the first to have voice actors. Yeah, so you know, I get it. So maybe maybe I have to play nine to really understand what they're talking about. But I've never heard six being the best one. I've just I just know people really love seven. It, and it's funny it's, because I never I never I never really cared for seven. That's the funny thing about it. I never really mm-hmm. cared for seven, but I know people really love Final Fantasy Seven. I think the 3D models and the CGI spoil some of these people that says seven is the best. Because it's the first. It was the first, honestly, when it came to PlayStation, because you know, PlayStation got exclusive rights to Squaresoft at that time. Squaresoft right. at that time, right? So right, right, when right. they advertised Final Fantasy VII, you had no choice but to look at this game and play it. Like when I saw it in the magazine, this show picture Sephiroth, you know, with Genova, and the capsule says, watch your pupils dilate. And I'm like, oh shit, I want this game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I went straight to Walmart, met had my mom take me to Walmart, picked this game up to play it, and instantly fell in love with this game. Instantly fell in love with it. And that was my true, true, true introduction to RPGs. And Final Fantasy VII will always hold a special place to me. But but it also allowed me to expand my horizons with other RPGs because during the 90s, um, with PlayStation, they had like I'm exaggerating, 700 RPGs out there. Yeah, yeah. you had Grandia, Grandia Two, Thousand Swords, 
secret, you know, I mean, Chrono Trigger remake, Final yeah. Fantasy anthology series. You, you you had all that stuff. So with that expansion and looking at these other games, that's like after playing six, I was like, damn, this is uh this one is the best. Even though it's it's 90s 3D, uh, not 3D, it's not 3D sprites, it's 2D or whatever the case may be. You can't deny this story. This story is very immersive. There's no redeemable qualities of the villain. There were redeemable qualities in Sephiroth because you felt Sephiroth's pain. He found out he was an experiment. Then he went crazy at that point. And then you find out Cloud was a test tube, basically, which kind of led to that story. But with the back with Kefka in Final Fantasy VI, there was no redeemable qualities. He was a son of a bitch. He was like, I'm going to poison this water for the villagers just because I want to, because it's funny. That's what yeah. he wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but nine, um, I, I haven't beaten nine, but I'm still on the first disc on nine. But I, I understand. Now, Thanos Rick, if you still have your PlayStation, if you go to the PlayStation store, here we go. You can buy Final Fantasy Nine. Here we go. Well, I think for like maybe seven bucks, ten bucks, maybe. Go ahead and play that. Okay. Go, just go. Just All go right. play it. All right. You still have your PlayStation Thanos Rick? Uh, no comment. No comment. No comment. No, mm-hmm. no comment. No comment. Shit. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't have it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What what did you do with that? Uh, what did you <laughs> moving on. Mo- moving on. Moving on. <laughs> what are, moving are you on. going to get PlayStation 5? <laughs> yeah. Probably. I probably will get it. Are you I'm... gonna get are you gonna sell it? <sighs> moving on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, my my esteemed colleague and co-host here, Thanos Ray, has a certain habit where (laughs) he buys systems and when he feels like he's bored with them, he sells it. A few months later, he buys this same system again. And he's like, I don't really play it that much. I'm going to sell it. And this last time, that I when you bought your PlayStation 4, I said, Thanos, for the <sighs> love of God, do not sell your PlayStation 4. Because there's other games out there. I suggested games out there for I t- Call of Duty Zombies. That's one of them. You know, you could have had that. You could have had a, a WW2 game, Dragon Ball Fighters, you know, uh, Gundam. That that was a PlayStation 4 exclusive. No other system or PC has this game. Gundam. Exoboost. PlayStation 4 exclusive. Could be playing it right now. I'm talking about damn near every Gundam in every series known to man right now. Could have had that game. Go get yourself a PlayStation 4 Thanos rig. It ain't it ain't expensive. You got money, you're rich. Well, folks, that's our show for today. Hope you guys have a fantastic, and I mean a fantastic, hump day. Where you going, Thanos? Where you going? Where you going, man? You know, if you don't mind, please close us out so we can end the show. (laughs) Look, man, Rachel Lowe's talking to you. She's talking to you. She's talking to you. Man, listen, listen, while Rachel is talking to Thanos Rick, 
Now, if you haven't been part of the Geek Corner fan club, look, all you have to do is click on my profile, go to fan club and click join. Now, that gives you it gives you personalized emotes just for you, personalized interests whenever you come into the live show. Basically, you have access to things that other regular listeners don't. So if you join the fan club, you can do that. Just click on the profile, go to fan club, click join, and then just play with it a little bit. Just play with it a little bit. And that's here on Podbean. That's here on Podbean. Go ahead and check that out. Now, we'll be Twitch streaming tomorrow at 7 p.m. Twitch.tv forward slash Orange Phoenix TV. Thanos Rick, you know what today is. Tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Honey, I'll shrunk the kids. Movie night with the Geek Corner. Now, you might ask, what is the Geek Corner? Because I'm mentioning that like so many times. So, uh, Facebook... Type in Orange Phoenix Geek Corner. Ask to join the Geek Corner group, man. We do have discussions. We do have funny memes. There's always positive influence, positive vibes only. And also go to patreon.com forward slash Orange Phoenix to subscribe to Orange Phoenix Magazine, man. We got a packed issue for September just like this month. If you missed uh, this month's issue, go ahead and check it out. Go to patreon.com forward slash Orange Phoenix. It's only $5 a month. Subscribe for $5 a month. You are guaranteed a magazine every single month. Every single month. And also, uh, T. Pullet, whenever we got the sales come up, I will be posting it in the Geek Corner. And do not forget to follow us at Orange Phoenix Media. Thanos Rick, do you have anything else for the listeners out there? No, I don't. He. I don't. <laughs> Why the foul mood? Listeners, have a good hump day. <laughs> we will see you <laughs> next time. <laughs> Yo, we are out. We will see y'all tonight at 8 p.m. for movie night. And see you guys tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. All right? Till next time. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Ha, <laughs> ha,